Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Here it is, number two. Excuse for not becoming a Christ follower? Putting our jobs or our businesses first. Well, Pastor Mark, I, I believe in I believe in God the Father. I believe in Christ the Son, but I'm not ready to turn my life over to Him right now. Well, why not? Well, I have some oxen that I have to check. No, for you it would be I have a business. Not ready to serve God yet. We all make excuses to avoid doing or committing to obligations. Jesus told a story about a bunch of guys who made excuses to avoid going to a party they were invited to. Pastor Mark will be teaching this story to teach us what God has to say about our avoiding obedience to him. This party is a metaphor for the kingdom of God, and behind the excuses are things in our lives that we use to keep from serving God. Pastor Mark will be teaching again about our need to be brutally honest about our motivations regarding not serving God and to deal with them head on. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark with part two of his message, God's Solutions for Our Excuses. Now, I'm going to read to you. Look at verses 12 through 14. I'm going to read out the New Living Translation. Then he turned to his host, the person that was offering the party. When you put on a luncheon or a banquet, he said, don't invite your friends, your brothers, your relatives, your rich neighbor. What he means is don't just invite those kind of people. Now, he's getting to a motive. Why shouldn't I invite my rich friends? For they will invite you back. And that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. Then at the resurrection in heaven of the righteous, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. When Jesus walked into the party, he noticed there was all rich, influential people. And he goes, this is not the way the party's to be. And the reason it was that way, the host had a wrong motive. He only invited people that were rich. And after doing this party, he knew they would invite them back to his house. And he knew the people who had enough money to put on a great party. So he only invited those people. Now, it's a wrong motive. So what Jesus is saying, don't make excuses for your wrong motives. I know, I know what you're after. And what your whole motive is, what can I get out of this inviting this person? Now, when you think that, what was Jesus saying? Basically invite people who can't pay you back. 
who don't have a nice home, don't have the money to pay you back, invite them. Then the reward will be yours. But if you do it the other way, the reward is already finished. You're done. You had it from there. So here's our solution. Write it down this morning. Love and be generous to all people. That's what Jesus is trying to say. Don't be prejudiced and God will reward you. Now we have a perfect example of what happened at that principle. Over the Thanksgiving holiday, every year we have a great youth ministry, which includes many of the kids from our schools right across the street from us here, especially the junior high. They come over and Pastor Derek, one of our pastors, he ministers to them during the school day. Many of them come over after school because parents aren't home, so they get to play basketball, guys, gals, all this kind of stuff. But of course, they have to have a devotional before they play. And many of those kids now are coming to our church. Well, once a year, they do a Thanksgiving dinner, kind of a celebration. And uh, as you look at the list of the students that would be there, we invited all those students. Now, many of those students could never invite you to their home because they don't have the money. They live in a little small apartment. They don't have the ability to do it back. So that's exactly who we always treat. Most of those kids, not all of them, of course, basically couldn't afford to do this. So what happened is they were invited to a Thanksgiving party and Pastor Derek and his team provided a full Thanksgiving meal for those people at no charge. More than 200 students came. Now, when Pastor Derek was there, all the food went and we had our barbecue team come and help fix the turkeys and all of this stuff. We fed more than 200 people, full Thanksgiving meal, no charge. And one husband and wife in this congregation paid for everything. That's what Jesus was saying. These kids can't invite us back. We paid for them to have a time. Now, Am I going to give you the name of the couple? No, because I'd be dead tomorrow. (laughs) I know who they are. So they will get a reward where? In heaven. Because their name isn't known. They didn't do it for the wrong reason. There was no excuse there at all. They did it for the right reason. You see, we need to be generous to all people. Because we've all been in different circumstances in our life. What a beautiful picture. By the way, when the parents came to pick them up, they all fixed them a plate full, put it in a box, and gave it for the parents to have when they went home. Yes. Yes. Thanks. Thanks for being generous. Now, verse 15. When one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the one who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Now, this is talking about, just look at me. In heaven, when we get there, there's going to be something called the supper table of the Lamb. It's in Revelation 19. We're all as Christians, billions of Christians. I don't know who's fixing that meal, but it's going to be supernatural. We're going to sit down with Jesus at the supper table of the Lamb. So he said this, wow, this is going to be a great day, God, where those rewards are going to come. Look at verse 16. And Jesus replied, well, let me show you how that's going to work. A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. Look at verse 16. You got a certain man. This is God. Look at me. And God's going to use this banquet. And he's going to say this. I'm going to give you an invitation to come to be a Christian. So that when you become a Christian, Christ follower, you'll be able to be at the banquet. The what? The supper table of the... Where will that be happening? Where? Heaven. 
So I'm giving you an invitation to become a Christian so you can go to heaven. Now watch what he goes. And Jesus replied, a certain man, God, was preparing a great banquet, and he invited many guests. Who is that? Unbelievers. At this point, basically most people. Verse 17. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant, this is sharing the gospel, the good, to tell those who had been invited. Now this is a key principle. Look at this. Come, for everything is now ready. What does that mean? It simply means this. Everything was now ready for the banquet. What he means by that is, let's see if you remember three words that Jesus said on the cross. Everybody remembers them. I'll start it. It is finished. Everything is ready. What he was saying is, in a few months or weeks, Jesus will have paid the entrance fee to the banquet. What was that? On the cross, he paid for your sin and my sin. So go tell the people everything's paid for, share the gospel, invite them to become Christians. So the first group that God sent these servants out in the parable, who did he send them to? The Jewish people. Remember, Jesus came first for the Jews because he was a Jew. And then, of course, later the Gentiles would be added. But remember this. The Bible says Jesus came to his own Jewish people, but his own rejected him. So watch what it says. When presented with the gospel, an ability to have a relationship with Jesus Christ, these people simply said no. They made excuses. You'll see what that's like. Now look in verse 18. Here's where the word excuse comes. But they all began to make, say it with me, excuses. What is an excuse? Simply a lie. The first said, here's the excuses of these people. I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Now, do you know anybody that buys property and pays for it without ever looking at it? Are you crazy? That's nothing but a lie. By the way, he already bought it. He owns it. Now, I do know if you came here in the 50s and 60s to Florida, some of you bought land sight unseen. And when you got here, many of you are too young to remember this. When you got here, you found out the land was underwater. (laughs) It's always going to be underwater. But you bought it. This guy is an idiot. It's nothing but an excuse. No one buys property without first going to see it in their right mind. Next. So here's what you want to write. What was this man's excuse? The excuse for not becoming a Christ. I don't want to become a Christian. I'm not interested in heaven. He put material things first. Could that be your excuse today? The reason you're not coming to Christ? Because you're getting possessions. Careful. Now, verse 19. Another said, I've just bought five yoke of oxen. Would have been a fortune to buy them. And I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Do you know anybody that would buy oxen? Very expensive. Without going and seeing if they can pull, if they can walk. Of course not. No one would buy oxen without first testing them. Can they pull this card? Can they do this correctly? It's nothing but another excuse, which is a lie. Here it is. Number two, excuse for not becoming a Christ follower, putting our jobs or our businesses first. 
Well, Pastor Mark, I, I believe in, I believe in God the Father. I believe in Christ the Son, but I'm not ready to turn my life over to Him right now. Well, why not? Well, I have some oxen that I have to check. No, for you, it would be, I have a business. Not ready to serve God yet. Now look at verse 20. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. I ain't touching that with a 20-foot pole. (laughs) Now, you laugh at that, but what was it really saying? In the original language, it means this. They had just got married. They were newlyweds. That was an excuse. No, that was absolutely a lie. Because they don't have kids. They don't have all kinds of things happening. They could have come. But they absolutely said no. See, here it is. This is important. And you'll get the balance of this later. Excuse for not becoming a Christ follower? Putting our human relationships first. So let me give you some things that might apply to us today as well. Excuses. Pastor Mark, when I get my degree... It's going to take me another three years. Then I'll follow Jesus Christ. Here's another one. Pastor Mark, my business is just getting to the point of where it's going to make a profit. And I'm sorry, but I got to work 80 hours a week. And when it makes a profit, then I'll serve Jesus Christ. Pastor Mark, when the kids' sports are over, by the way, that never happens. I'm not against sports. I'm not against kids playing soccer, all that stuff. But be careful. If that takes priority coming to church, you're giving the wrong impression to your young children. So, Pastor Mark, uh, when the kids are over, then we'll be regular at church. And and as parents, we'll put God first. And then we'll challenge our kids to do the same. If they're 15 or 16, you waited too late. Again, I'm not against sports. I'm not against, well, I got to get my kids and tutor to get through the school and all that There still should be room for God. Just write this on your notes. Just write this. Everybody, W-H-E-N dot, 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 dot. When is the right time to come and follow Jesus? Well, the Bible gives us the answer. Today is the day of salvation. Your excuses don't hold up. My excuses don't hold up. Go for it now. You'll notice in this parable, Jesus doesn't go back out to these people again. He moves on to another group. So here's what he's going to say. You say, well, Pastor Mark, these excuses, what should I do to, what can I solve with these excuses? Here it is. No excuses. Stop and think. Am I making the right decision by waiting for my education, by waiting till I marry the right person, by waiting till my business becomes a problem, by waiting till my kids think, am I making the right decision? Here's to show you, no, you are not making the right decision. If you try to hang on to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, then you will save it. So this is not me. This isn't the church speaking. This is Jesus saying, if you keep putting it off with excuses, you probably won't ever come to Christ. So He invited the Jews. They refused basically to come. Next, he's going to go to individual Jews, but all Gentiles. Watch this. Verse 21. The servant came back and reported this to his master, that they wouldn't come. Then the owner of the house became angry. Who became angry? God. 
God got angry? Yeah, he's hurt. Because he gave his only son so they could go to heaven. And they're refusing. It hurt his heart. And became angry. And he ordered his servant, go back to them again. Mm -mm. Go out quickly into the streets and the alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. In other words, go to the Gentiles who were second force. That was the people who would be next. Go to them. And they do. And look what happens at the end of 22. Sir, the servant said, what has been ordered has been done. We, lots of Gentiles came. A few Jews did come. Uh, but there's still room at the banquet. Now, what does he mean, room at the banquet? What room is he talking about? Heaven. He said, there's still room in heaven. By the way, do you think there's room in heaven today for more people? That's why we're here. Now, watch what he says. Then the master told his servant, Go out to the roads and the county lanes and compel them, urge them to come in. Let's say this together. So that my house will be full. What house is he talking about? This house? Heaven. Why does God want heaven to be full? Because it's his will that none perish. Every single person here that's not a believer... His heart for you is to come to Christ because he wants you in heaven. And so when he does this, there's something so positive, such a heart of God. But look at verse 24. I tell you, not one of those who were invited and didn't respond will get a taste of heaven. You see, coming to Christ is even though we can urge people, it's always a personal decision. The decisions you make today turn around and make you tomorrow. Now, what is my house before? Just look at these next words. It's VIO. It's the value and impact of one. It's you and me doing what Mark 16 says, go into all the world, preach the good news to all creation. You see, most people come to Christ because someone brings them to salvation or brings them to church or invites them. We need to go and tell people, just like they were said in this parable, go to the highways, go to the people around you. We have to compassion for people who know about God, but they really don't know God. God wants his house to be full. Now, in this parable, we know the people that are going are the people there. Later on, with the Gentiles, it will be the apostles. Who are the people today in our parable where we are today? Who are the people that are to go and share the good news? Who are the people that are to go and invite people to come to Christ? Who, who are those people? If you're a Christian this morning, just raise your hand like this. Right? So let's see what happens to the other hand in a moment. Just keep the hand up. It's, okay. it's the most exercise some of you had in weeks. Now, who are the people then are supposed to share with our neighbors and our coworkers and our students at, at, the, at the university to come to Christ. Who are those people? If it's you, raise your other hand. See, some of you thought you'd never raise hands in church. Let's take a picture of this right now. Let's take a picture. This is fantastic. Let's just hold it for a little while right here. Pastor Mark, are you kidding me? No, I'm not kidding you. Most people come to Christ because a personal invite. Now, here's something. Many of us use excuses not to do what you just saw you're made to do. Look at the excuse. The first excuse is fear. Well, Pastor Mark, if I share with somebody, I mean, that's for you, that's not for me. They might reject me. Hello, 
What did we see in the first group of people? They all rejected him. It's normal. It's going to happen to you. But many won't reject you. Second, Pastor Mark, I don't know enough. Now, this parable doesn't say, go and tell the people who the Antichrist is. No, he says, go and share the gospel. What is the gospel? Jesus died, was buried, was resurrected. He's in heaven. That's the way to God. That's the gospel. And number three, well, Pastor Mark, do you realize what time it is? You're only a week away from the holidays, from Christmas. I don't have time. Did you notice the word that God used? Compel them to come in. Urge them. Not bold. It was an urgency. Our world is plummeting to hell without God. This is a great time for you. So let me just challenge you. Christmas is an incredible opportunity for all of us. Most people will go to church at least at Christmas. So let me just challenge you. Get involved with one of the outreaches where you're wrapping gifts. and whatever. Get involved sharing just a personal thing. Just pray. And let's see. Remember, we're going to have four Christmas Eve services. And then on Sunday, we will have one service on Christmas Day, which is Sunday. A lot of people won't come because they went to the Christmas Eve. But we'll have one service. That's who you can invite. People will come during that time. Let's pray about it. Let's be there. Now, understand, here's what I want you to write. And this is for every single Christian. Look at this. The solution, no excuses, VIO. Go and invite everyone you can find. Don't be weird about it. Just go and invite them. You're not going to stand in line in Publix and say to a person, well, my pastor said I have to invite you. Before you get your money out to pay the bill, let me go through the five spiritual laws with you. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, let me go to some other church, not this church. No, 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 I'm just kidding. Now, watch this. Large crowds, verse 25. Large crowds were traveling with Jesus. And turning to them, he said, look at me. Jesus knew why most of these people were following him. And that was because he did miracles, he provided food, in the excitement of being in a large crowd. But he's going to turn to them, and he's going to say at the end, if you have an ear, listen up. He's going to talk about discipleship. What does it mean to be a disciple? Let me just refer, I'll give you a little summary. When you became a Christian... It's called conversion. You converted from being a non-believer to a believer. That is by faith. It's free. It's absolutely just the start. The next step is a disciple. And you're going to see what that is. A disciple is simply this. A lifelong learner of being like Jesus under discipline. Because when he begins to outline what a disciple is going to have to do, most of these people are going to go, I'm out of here. I just came like for this free salvation in the ride. I'm not really interested in that. In today's message, Pastor Mark taught about our tendency to want to be exalted by others, to be seen as one of the cool people. He also taught how this is offensive to God and is something we need to put out of our lives. It's clear that God opposes the proud and blesses the humble. So we need to allow God to work this higher character into our lives. You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. 
Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. Maybe you're listening right now in Brevard County and you don't have a home church. And today's message was exactly what you were looking for. Join us for worship. We meet at the Melbourne and Vieira campuses on Saturday night at 6 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. And those in the Sebastian area can join us Sunday mornings at 10.45 a.m. For more information, call us toll-free at 866-779-3441. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website. Next time, Pastor Mark will conclude this message, God's Solutions for Our Excuses. Next time, Jesus will get closer to His ultimate destiny, the cross and crucifixion. We'll see the conflict between Jesus and the religious leadership become even more divisive as Jesus continues to push against their corrupt leadership of the Jewish people. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.